Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. Mm-hmm. I thought I would change it up a bit. That's kind of great. <laughs> I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And before we get into it, please remember, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our really cool upcoming topics. Give us a rating, write a comment, tell us how bad or good we're doing. If you'd rather DM us to argue whether Hufflepuff's better than Slytherin. Oh my God. Or give us questions <laughs> or topic <laughs> suggestions. Reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out, act2writers. Or on our Instagram at act2writers. Boom. You can also find me at Story Thursday on Instagram <laughs> or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And me, Josh Hallman or Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Boom. I have this love-hate relationship with social media. So whenever we go to like, kind of mention that, I just go, Ugh. I know, me too. I gloss over it like it didn't happen. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Today, we are doing what I'm going to propose we call a fireside chat, but I've not yet approved that title with Josh yet. No, I. you know, I had a script that I never completed called Fireside Chats. <laughs> it was an action movie. Huh, this is, anyway. this is not going to be... Yes, it is. It will be just as action-packed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will be boring. <laughs> no, no, no. This is going to be amazing. This is what it's called. It's going to be a fireside chat. Basically, it's just this this week, Josh and I felt that it's been kind of full of interesting writing stuff that's been going on with people that we know, and we thought we'd take a step back and just talk about them. Because ultimately, the whole point of this podcast is to assure other writers like yourself that you're not alone through our experiences, through the experiences of the guests that we bring on the show. The real objective is to say, look, we've all gone through what you're going through. Don't give up. It's hard. It's confusing. It's sometimes very terrible, but don't give up because all of that is just part of the ride. Yeah, but also you're alone. So let's go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, We're all Josh. In it <laughs> I'm kidding. We're, it is it is interesting how everyone just like has the same exact struggles. And we all know the pain. It's totally the same. And what we're going to talk about are writers at actually three completely different levels experiencing um, some really interesting problems, I think. So that's what today's episode is about. It's a few industry kind of situations that have come up this week that I found really interesting and feel worthy of talking about. Done. I'm excited. All right. So Josh doesn't know the full story of all of these stories. So I'm excited to bring them to light, to chat about them. <laughs> the fireside chat. <laughs> chat, fireside chat. All right. So the first one, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of paint a picture of the situation. So pitch it. I'm, I'm going to pitch it. I'm a finalist at the Austin Film Festival. I don't go to the film festival in Austin. It's too far away or it's too expensive, whatever. But they have panels that I can go to that are in Los Angeles where I live. So I go to those and I'm able to kind of shake hands with people and I end up meeting an executive from a major studio. And she tells me that, hey, these are the kinds of stories I like. Please send those to me. And it's like, oh, hey, those are the kinds of stories I like to write. But she tells me, don't send me anything unless it's through your reps. I don't want anything that's quote unquote unsolicited. You have to have reps. Yeah. 
all right, fine. That's a barrier for me. I don't have reps right now. So I file that in the back of my mind for later when I do have reps. Cut to a couple years later, I finally have reps and I have kept this woman's name on my Rolodex, whatever the modern term is for Rolodex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm old. So I reach out to her and, <laughs> and she's like, sure, I'll read your script so long as it comes through your rep. So great. I get my rep to send over the script. And then from her reading that, I then get a general with her. And at the end of the general, the exec tells me, please feel free, send me whatever you're thinking about. Even if it's just log lines or articles you love, a book you're into, whatever it is, I would love to keep chatting and would love to work with you. So amazing, like you've done a good job in your general. So what does that mean to you, Josh, when an exec says that at the end of a meeting? I think that's a pretty standard thing um, as long as a meeting goes well. And I think, you know, if you have the right idea and something you're passionate about that you think you can work on together, then send it over and see if it's something that you both gel with. But I wouldn't like force an idea just because you have the opportunity. I definitely agree with that. Well, also a question is, what would you send if an exec says that to you? Which again, they always will say that to you at the end of a meeting if you did well. So if they don't say that to you, that's an indication you probably didn't hit it off. Right. <laughs> um, but if they did send that to you, what would you send to them? I mean, if I had another feature in the same genre, I would do that. If I had maybe just a general idea, hey, um, there's this idea I've been thinking I'm going to start working on maybe something we're going to take out in the future. Uh, here's what it is. Boom. So it's either a, a feature or like a log line, a general mm -hmm. idea. Have you actually sent log lines to people before? No, I don't know why I just said that. No, it was more <laughs> of like a general, I read the second I said that I was like, wait, I, I don't think I've done that. I think it's just more of like a general kind of like treatment slash concept. Yeah. Wait, so what about you? I, I, same. I've never sent log lines to an exec before. And there's a few reasons why. And I think the big reason is something that I learned over time to think about and that I'm still trying to wrap my mind around thinking about myself this way is you are a creator, right? So your job is to come up with amazing ideas and to execute them in amazing ways on the page. And kind of the approach to think about is not, hey, like here's a bunch of my ideas, please love some of them, any mm -hmm. of them, and engage me so that we can work on something together, please. And that's kind of the way I always feel about sending log lines. Rather, think about yourself as, hey, I have these ideas, I'm going to build one of them out, do a treatment, or do a pitch deck, or whatever it is, however it comes out, do something where I have the concept of the story, the way the story looks and feels, the characters, it's all kind of there on a page. And then I would reach out to the exec and say, hey, so I have this thing, It's, I think you would be great for it. It's kind of how you pitch it. Like, I think you would really enjoy this. I think you'd be great for it. But it's not, you're the only option I have. It's, I have this thing, I'm gonna go out to it to a lot of people. Here's your chance to get it. And I don't mean that's the attitude that you put in the email, but that's how you should feel about yourself and about your idea. Yeah, I completely agree. And I just, I, I wanna like maybe take, walk, walk back what I said just a bit, <laughs> only because I wanna make an excuse and say that my 
freaking neighbor over here was making some noise and I, I was a little distracted and now they're gone. So I'm, I'm clear minded. I completely agree with that. And I think that energy in the email is totally fine because you don't want to sound desperate or anything, but the reality is, is a lot of times you're just sending to one person and you're like praying this one person kind of latches onto the idea. But I'm completely with you. No, no, uh, like in terms of like a treatment or a pit or like a deck or, but something you're invested in and that you're going to do with or without this person. That's it exactly. And that's advice that my manager gives to me all the time is like literally just this week, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about this one idea for this one company. And she's like, well, I don't want you to spend all of this time because I know how long it takes to come up with a story. I don't want you to spend all this time in something that only has one place to go. Mm-hmm. Like if it's an idea that can go out a bunch of different places, make it a bit more general then go for it and then go to that company first because you love them and want to work with them and you have a relationship with that executive but don't waste your time if it's just for them do uh do you remember when i wrote an adventure spec for one company it happened a couple months ago yes (laughs) but you can adapt it to a different company if you had to (laughs) but i love the company so much i was like you know what I don't care. I just want someone <laughs> over there to read it. That's how much I love it. And they did. And, and that they did. was so amazing. It all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but then they passed and now you're like, well, now I have to revise it to send no, it anywhere I'm else. never going to I'm never going to do anything with that script. It was during I the hope. pandemic. I I, hope it was you do. in it's a so quarantine. Great. I wrote a script in a quarantine. But anyway, I think we we're, we're on the same page with this. Yeah. Alternatively though. Oh shit. I just want to say that 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 mindset sort of comes later because as you said, Josh, there is there are points in your career where you really only know one person. You really only have one door that's open to you right now. And that's yeah. this exec at a major studio. And maybe you just haven't been able to make connections this big yet. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, and that's the case for me, the story of our listener today, um, I end up sending this exec a list of like 10 log lines of things that I love stories that I love, stories that I've kind of built out from treatments to actually like whole sto- you know, scripts of them. They, they vary in terms of how much I've worked them out, but I just send log lines. And they're actually not log lines, they're more like mini summaries, about a paragraph long. And I sent it over a month ago and they haven't gotten back to me. What do I do? Well, that <laughs> is another wrinkle to this story. I would say to look at this list and find one that you're passionate about, that the one that you want to write with or without the executive and do a follow-up email and say, Hey, I just wanted to follow up. I'm going to be writing this idea. No, as I'm speaking this out, this is, does not sound good. I would, I would <laughs> just not write it. <laughs> I would pretend like it never happened. That's what I would do because I would yeah. just assume this executive hated the, th- the things or had no time for it or just lied to me at the end of the meeting because that's what everyone says is send me log lines, but they really don't care because also no. at the end of the day, if I'm an executive and I get have someone send me a log line, I'm not going to buy their script based off of a log line. That's just not going to happen. Right. So, and also as an executive at a film studio, they don't typically tend to be people who develop for free. So usually how it works at a studio is they will 
buy your script or buy an article or buy a book or something and then hire you to then write on it. Whereas producers who are not at a studio may develop with you for free. And then at the end of that free development where you're writing for free, you're writing an, an idea with this other person, getting their ideas, incorporating their ideas. You then have a script at the end of it that you can then go sell together with this mm -hmm. producer now attached as producer. And if you sell it, you get money. If you don't sell it, none of you get money. So those are different options. But with a studio, it's highly unlikely they're going to just buy a log line, particularly if you're not a writer who's a big name, who they can guarantee that this person is going to write a hit movie as right. much as anyone can guarantee that. So I agree. Like I would just completely be like, all right, they don't like it. And I would move on with my life. Yeah. Or I would do what you started to say, which is I would maybe build a pitch deck or a lookbook or something off of one of those ideas and kind of send it to them be like, Hey, I just like, I flesh this idea out more. I really love this. I think there's something here. This is what the story could be. I know I just sent you a log line, but here's what it is. Yeah. I would also give it a little time. Like, Really How much make time? sure I'd give it like another month or two. It's like three months total. I think so. Just so I can get the idea in order and make it because at this point now it's like you're you're teetering in this, this area where it's like, you don't want to be overbearing. And I think that is something that all writers kind of grapple with. And I know mm -hmm. that I still talk to people who really overanalyze emails and we have all done it, right? Like that's something where you're just kind of like, oh my God, how do I sound? Like, how is this going to look? And I think you're kind of entering that territory with an executive where it's like, you only have one more shot after this next moment, in yeah. my opinion. It's either you send something really great and they either like it and respond to it or they want to, or they're going to pass. But at least you can kind of come away <laughs> not feeling as though you're kind of coming on a little strong. Yeah. I'm always afraid of coming on too strong as well. And I err on the side of three months, like you say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think three months is good. Yeah. And then just hope they forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hope they forgot you sent them anything so that you can send them something else later and pretend it never happened together. Yeah. I think there's also a third option though, where you can oh. send like an, an email again about an update going on somewhere else in your life. So like maybe one oh. of your scripts made it big on a list somewhere the blacklist or the bloodlist or something or you have another project idea and then through that email update about something else you can kind of weave in hey just checking in on those other log lines that i mentioned yeah. so those are like i think the different ways you can go about it i'm going to tell you how this story actually ended oh geez what well, can i guess yes okay i think i think that there was another follow-up and Someone maybe tried to backpedal and was like, sorry, I sent you too many ideas. And then <laughs> there was no response from that email either. <laughs> I don't know. All right, tell me. Okay. So me, the writer, I it's been over a little over a month. I send an email reply back, just checking in on those log lines. Like, hey, did you get a chance to look at them? And I get almost an immediate reply back from the studio executive Whoa. with the list of log lines that I sent her in the email with her comments next to them. Holy shit. <laughs> I did not expect this at all. I know, surprise twist, right? <laughs> 
and some of them she loves. She actually put thought into this. Some of them were like, eh, we already have a project like this, so pass. Uh, this project seems interesting, would love to know more, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Here's my takeaway from this story. I'm too jaded, and I overthink too much. Overthink things. Whatever. But the thing, I think my takeaway is you and I are right 99% of the time. 99% of the time, the executive doesn't give a shit about your log lines. The other 1% is like that Sylvester Stallone story I told. <laughs> where he turned around at the end of his acting audition and said, hey, I got a script about a boxer that I think you might like. He took a chance, Josh. Yeah. Well, you have to. By the way, if the rest of this podcast is with you bringing up scenarios <laughs> and then me trying to figure out how they end, this might be my favorite one we've done. <laughs> me too. And this, this, this fireside chat thing, it has legs. From here on out, I am going to find stories from writers and I'm going to bring them back and so we can talk about this to see how they all played out. I am in. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, are you ready for the second story? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is, let's go. <laughs> so I have met a producer that I love. We really hit it off. I'm really excited. The producer uh, has uh, is pretty well respected. They have a deal at a major studio, which means that if they, if this producer decides to option my script, then we have a first look deal. We could immediately go to a studio and potentially sell this thing. And what happens? We do. We do. We sell it and it's so great. And I now have enough money to get me through the next year. And I now have insurance and during a pandemic, just nothing but amazing things. And of course, once you have another job somewhere else, your agents can now talk about you as having this job set up at a studio and you're getting more jobs. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the process, I just get so many notes back, just so many notes that I'm now revising for free because we've gone through all my actual paid steps. And the producer has said to me, well, we still have all these notes. And if you want this project to be good, if you want to actually be able to sell it somewhere. So I've sold it to a studio, but now we got to go sell it to, you know, Netflix or Amazon, someone who can actually distribute it. So if you want that to happen, you got to, you got to address these notes for free. All right. I get that. I'm at this point in my career where I just kind of, I have to accept these things. Cause if I ask this production company for more money, they just don't have it. They don't have enough development funds to pay me. Mm -hmm. So I keep doing, I keep doing them and I, and I start to change the script so that it's not my original idea anymore. It looks more and more like what they want it to be and less what I want it to be. But at the end of the day, they keep telling me, if you do these notes, then we can sell it. And I keep getting this feeling like I don't understand what a marketable script is or what a good idea is. Cause they keep telling me my original idea is flawed. And then if I make these changes, then we can sell it. All right, fine. So we get through these changes. They feel comfortable enough to start going out to directors. Great. We go out to a director. Yeah, that's the best case scenario. We go out to a director and I immediately get a weird feeling about this. This director is just not asking the right questions or really any good questions at all. Like this director cannot care less that they were in this meeting. And 
suddenly my producer tells me, hey, pitch the whole season of television. And I'm like, wait, I wrote a pilot and I have not yet developed the full season of television because that takes a lot more work. I've just mm -hmm. been working on these notes that you've been giving me about the pilot. I mean, I kind of have a general idea about the season. So I'm a trooper, I'm gonna pitch what I know, but I'm a little scatterbrained and this director keeps asking me questions. So now I'm kind of all over the place. And then the producer interrupts me and says, all right, you're, you're clearly not pitching this properly. Like, let's just cut this off. In the meeting. Yeah, like, like move on from that. Like, we're not gonna talk about that. Just kind of putting, putting me down in the meeting. And I'm just getting more flustered, I'm sure, because of that. Meeting yeah. ends, I call the producer. Look, this didn't go well. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have a good feeling about the director or whatever. And the producer tells me, yeah, it didn't go well. You, you're a terrible pitcher. You're terrible. And maybe I am terrible. Maybe I am terrible. Yep, they're right, I'm terrible. And you hang up the phone and you think, wait, no one else has ever told me I'm a terrible pitcher. I pitch to my reps all the time. They tell me I'm a great pitcher. Mm -hmm. Huh. Who's right? Who's wrong? What do I do? Now the producer is telling me, because you're such a terrible pitcher, I need you to write a pitch document. So a whole document that tells me all of your entire season, that outlines your whole season for me so that we can send that out to directors instead of you pitching to them because you can't handle it. So now I'm doing wow. all this free work to do a pitch document that I'm not prepared for, that I'm not getting paid for. The money you paid me earlier to get through the year is now run out. What do I do? Wow. Wow. Well, that's, first of all, I would talk to the producer and be like, don't ever do that again. Like, don't cut me off in a meeting. Would you? Be oh, absolutely. If there's like these things that haven't really been determined, like the rest of the season and the producer knows that, then I would probably say to the producer explain myself hey listen we don't really you know that there wasn't a full season flushed out what why would you do that why would you cut me off you made me look stupid i don't really appreciate it really you would way, have that kind of phone conversation with them of course you're so brave what are you talking about you get if someone does that in front of somebody else i'd probably be like in the meeting be like whoa dude or do that do that <laughs> I don't do that again. I would say, I'd probably say to the producer, hey, I know I can pitch. I was off that one day. Let me flush out the season a little bit more, but I don't want to spend too much time, much more time working on this. Uh, next time, like here's, I would let the producer know what information I have and how much is flushed out. Mm -hmm. So the producer has as much knowledge as I have. And the next time we pitch, I would expect the producer not to do that again, what they did, if that made any sense. That made a lot of sense. And I'm so impressed by you. And I want to learn from you. What do you what, what, what would you do? <laughs> I think I would cower in shame. I think I would be like, oh my God, I can't pitch. What have I done? I've, I've screwed up this relationship. I, I should do this for free because I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I'm so racked with insecurity for so much of this process that I will often second guess myself. That being said, I've grown a lot over the course of my career. And I do know that I know how to pitch. 
And I don't know if I would be confrontational with the producers, but I would definitely be like, oh, well, maybe I do need to do a pitch document. Because for me, I also express myself better in writing than I do verbally anyways. So if mm -hmm. I could just pitch deck everything in my entire life, I would rather than have yeah. to get into a room and pitch. I just would prefer that. So if someone's telling me like, hey, you don't have to co-pitch in rooms anymore. We're just gonna just do a pitch deck, do it for free. And I'm in a position where I don't have anything else going on, let's just say. What if that's the case? What if you have nothing else going on but this? This is your one chance to maybe get your show made. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would totally make a pitch deck if that replaces the pitch. Like, I, hmm. I feel like you're kind of doing one or the other. But once that is done, like once you kind of decide on that path, then that's the path you go on. Don't do both because that's just like double the work. You do Correct. one and you go that way or you do the other and you go that way. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if I would necessarily be confrontational. I would just. That's what I'm asking. Like, would you have that tone of voice? Would you say those actual words to the producer or like yeah. pretend I'm the producer? What would you say to me? Would you actually say it that way? I'd probably say, why did you cut me off? That was like, that was really weird and very embarrassing. Please don't do that again. That's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've had, uh, uh, well, not that kind of conversation in a, I've never been cut off like that, but I have had a conversation where people have talked to me in a weird tone and I've been like, Hey, like settle down. Like you think one way, I think another way and then try to like talk my way through it and kind of yeah. like, so you can kind of get a perspective of where the other person is coming from and they can get a perspective of where you're coming from. I wouldn't come at it like, Hey motherfucker. No. Do that shit again. No, 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 no. Just, it's more like, this is where I'm coming from and I see where you're coming from, right. but don't do that again. The don't do that again is the thing that I'm sticking on. That's something I feel like I don't have the balls to say, but I like it. No, nah, you would definitely, I guarantee you would say it. I know you would say it. Really? Uh, yeah, I know you would. You would just have to be put in that position. All right. I trust you over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the wrong indication? I've, I, I feel like I've heard stories that you've told me that you've said things where I'm like, whoa. I feel like huh. you block these stories out or something. Like you tell them to me and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to go. Do you remember any? Can you recount them to me <laughs> to boost my confidence? <laughs> no, maybe I just have the stories of what I've heard of young Tasha in my head so maybe that's like the tasha version young tasha was a brawler so yeah she that's is a little tougher than i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway i feel like we got off course maybe what happened what's the what's the end result of this this one's still in limbo but i think it's an interesting situation and that i have been in many times myself when early especially earlier in my career when i didn't have a lot going and this one thing seemed to be all that was the closest to going right For and sure. when it's when it's so close like you're out to directors the next step is to get a studio or a you know a netflix or an amazon involved like that that like you can almost taste that yeah <laughs> and so you're yeah. almost willing to do anything to do that but i also think on the flip side producers know that and they take advantage of you because a big thing that producers will say and this is actually a good segue into our third and last story um is that hey if you love this project then you'll put the time into it. And I think that that is true, 
I love it and I will put time into it. I'll even do free work on it to an extent because mm -hmm. I still need to eat and buy groceries just like you do. And if I can't sustain myself on all this free work, it doesn't matter how much I love a project. I can't spend time on it because it takes time. Yeah. So the end. Before you segue, I just need to say one more thing. I'm, I'm assuming this producer kind of came in and was like, hey, stop talking. Like in my head, I'm playing out the worst case scenario because that's where I go. But maybe the producer had good intentions to help the writer and say, hey, we don't have this quite figured out yet. Let's move on to the next part. That's so entirely maybe possible. Was... Maybe yeah, I overpitched it. No, no, no. I think that as writers, we kind of go to the defense of other writers and just assume that it was probably something really bad. Yeah, I and, agree with you. And I, I mean, truthfully, I would stick with it. You just have to figure out like, what is too much? Like yeah. at some point you have to stop revising. People have passed. The ship has sailed. That's the thing. I mean, I'm never going to tell anyone to stop working on something that could potentially bring them a really fantastic opportunity. I've certainly gone way too far to follow these opportunities as well. And that's just sometimes part of the gig. It's picking and choosing what you're going to do that on. In this case, it sounds like me, the writer, that my original vision, the original thing that excited so many people to, to make them want to buy this and option this is, is sort of fading to the background because of all these other notes that are not mm -hmm. coming from a creative or, you know, creator place. They're coming from a, the producer place. And it's just over and over and over again, beating a dead horse kind of situation. In which case it feels like you are diminishing the material in favor of just trying to get it done. Which reminds me of the story that I was going to tell when we were talking about like hope and, and the different different struggle stories that people have of um, Andrew Kevin Walker and the end of Seven, where he was doing this exact same thing. He had been working, I think, in like a, a record store and was revising and revising and revising based on someone's notes. And it included revising the end of the movie so that there's no like, what's in the box? scene oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and um the, the the script ended up going to david fincher and the assistant who was sending the script fucked up and actually sent the original draft instead of this revised draft that he'd spent so much time on and that's the draft fincher fell in love with was the draft mm -hmm. with this ending that was original to the script and that the writer actually really loved and so it all worked out so i think that story in itself illustrates really the importance of staying true to your work. And if you start finding yeah. yourself moving away from it simply to try to get it made, that may not be the best thing yeah. for anyone. Well, maybe, I mean, the truth is, is it might work out if you just completely bend and do exactly what everyone says. And yeah, I think you made this clear, but I also want to be clear that this is, I would never tell anyone to stop working on something yeah. that they like, like ever. Like that's, I've worked on, I'm working on things that I've worked on, like one of my earliest scripts. Like you always, I know it is, trust me, you know me, I'm stubborn. I have these attachments to certain things. And uh, I just want to clarify that. Yeah. I think it's just going into it with your eyes wide open and, and knowing, knowing all sides of it and just making that choice as, as educated as you can. Yeah. All right, the third story is really interesting. It's actually from the flip side, so not a writer's point of view, but a producer's point of view. All right. <laughs> and I kind of want to tell it from that point of view, and then we can talk about 
the writing aspect of it. All right, so I'm a producer and I've bought a book and I have an option that's 12 months. So I have 12 months to find a writer and to get a script done and also leave myself enough time to go out with this script before this option is over. So I find a writer who has a great resume. They've worked on some incredible TV shows. They have shows set up at major studios with impressive people attached. And I've read their sample and it was good. So I'm going to hire this person. And we start with an outline and I really work hands-on with them on this outline. And it's good. I mean, he takes my notes really well and we seem to have this good back and forth, great collaboration. Outline looks in a good place. I'm going to send him off to draft. He disappears, comes back three months later, plops a draft on my desk and invoices me, his, his manager rather, invoices me shortly after for delivery of the draft. So okay. that means he's done. This is his draft. And I read it and I'm horrified. I'm absolutely horrified this writer has taken the outline that we worked on together and somehow messed it up and has delivered a draft that just doesn't work and there are so many notes that i have to give to this writer that it's going to take more time than we have left in the option to get this rewrite done so what do i do if i ask this writer to do more work that's definitely an option but I've kind of lost faith in this writer. Can they even deliver a rewrite? Also, it's my boss's money that I'm paying this writer with, which means I have to take this shitty draft, take it to my boss and say, I'm sorry, I know you paid a lot of money for this and you trusted me to find the right writer for this and I failed. Mm -hmm. Can you give me more money to, to hire him to do a rewrite? <laughs> <laughs> Now she could ask this writer to do free work so she doesn't have to go back to her boss with her hat in her hand. But again, that's the situation we talked about the previous story where is this writer going to believe in this project enough to put in free work? What sounds like a lot of free work, but not only that, she broaches the subject and the manager says, yeah, no, you got to pay him the next step if you're going to do some rewrite. So no matter what, I've now hit a wall where I have to pay this writer who has not delivered more money on the rewrite. Now I could not trigger the rewrite and do something else entirely. I could hire a new writer, but that takes time. I'm questioning my judgment a little bit. And now I have to, again, go to my boss, ask him to hire a new writer, or do I just rethink this whole thing altogether? Do I give it up? These are the problems that a producer has to deal with that I think we on the writing side don't think about. And I think it's important because now she's stuck in this, she has six months left or six weeks left, to, not sure, whatever the, the number is of the option before it runs out, there's a ticking clock. What do I do? Is uh, purchasing another 12 months for the book rights, is that out of the question? It's not out of the question, but it's expensive. It's just as expensive yeah. as maybe hiring a re revision. So I would probably, st and the first draft from the writer is really bad, like really bad. Yeah, All real right, bad. Here, let, me, let me put my producer cap on. All right. This is what I would do. I'm going to just assume you're the writer. Hit me. I'm going to say. I think my draft is good. No, Tasha, <laughs> it's, it's a little different from the outline that you and I both wrote together. And here's what I think some of the differences are. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, H, I, N, J, K. <laughs> Do you, no, no, I wouldn't ask what you thought. I would just tell you there's some differences here. And I feel like we need to do another pass to get this in a better place because where it's at right now just isn't there. So would you be open to doing another pass? Because I think it's much needed because it's that much different from the outline. And I know you're just pretending to be a producer, but as pretending to be a writer, I like got really anxious when you said, are you willing to do another pass on this? Because I can tell you're not going to pay me. And that doesn't seem fair because I just spent three months on this and I worked hard on it and I'm sorry you don't like it, but I did the best I could and this is what's here. And if you want more work done, that's fine. I'm, I love this project. I'm happy to do it, but you have to pay me because I got to eat. Okay, totally fine. We're done here. <laughs> Tasha, we're, we're out. I'm going to find another writer and I'm going to explain the scenario to the writer. And I'm going to then ask this writer who I assume I have a good relationship with because I'm now pulling out a favor card and I'm going mm. to look for someone and saying, hey, listen, this last writer, Tasha, she delivered a pile of shit. She took her time and she's not open to doing revisions. This is what I need. And this is kind of where we want to go with the story. Can you do it? Yes. Great. Please start today. Yeah. I mean, I get both points of view, to be honest. Yeah. And also, we as writers find that producers will try to engage us on projects they don't have the rights to yet, books they don't have the rights to, articles they don't have the rights to. And I think this is maybe why, right? Because as soon as they get their rights to something, now there's suddenly a ticking clock where they've got to find a writer and they've got to get a draft done before this option runs out so they can take it out. And if they don't yeah. do that and they don't bother with the rights yet, they can take their time with finding the right writer before they start that clock. Unfortunately, that sometimes means as writers, we're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, absolutely, I love that comic book. I will totally adapt that. Oh wait, you don't have the rights yet? Oh wait, someone else has the rights now? But you just yeah. had me do an outline. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. But it's interesting to see that other point of view because I understand it as well. Did I convince you as a producer? The thing is, I question my judgment as a writer if giving it to a producer, it's so like you go from A to J on things that are different. Mm -hmm. Maybe I didn't put my all into this script. Maybe I needed a writer's group or someone to read it first yeah. before submitting it to you or my manager or someone. In this certain specific scenario, I don't believe the manager read it before it was sent in, which feels like another error in the process because yeah. your manager can be like, whoa, 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 wait, like this. A, I, I need to protect your image and your reputation and this script is not going to do it. And that's happened to me before many times on jobs where I'm like, all right, I'm good. Like, I'm going to send this in. And then my manager's like, yeah, yeah, that third breaks. act is not working. <laughs> yeah. If the producer finds that much wrong with it, it seems like objectively there might be that much wrong with it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the producer's job to, at this point, figure out a way to make it happen with the first writer here's what a producer might say as well to prevent this scenario from happening again is how about writer send me your act one first send it to me that way i kind of know if we're on track i can kind of prevent any problems from coming up when you go into act two send me your act one first and i actually did that on the last movie i wrote 
and I hated it because I was terrified they weren't going to see the whole picture yet if I just right. gave them act one. And I know you've done this on your recent script as well. How did you feel having to deliver an act one and then an act two and then an act three rather than the whole thing? I'm not a fan of it. I, even when I've had completely locked outlines that are like ironclad, here's the outline. There's always something that comes up in the script that you just start figuring out something new. And that's what my big fear is. Like, it, it's like, oh, wait a minute. What if this like character is a little bit more like this? And you kind of sometimes realize that maybe in your second act or there's things that change. I, that's all I'm saying is so it's, it always gives me a lot of fear to kind of go from like, okay, here's act one, here's act two, here's act three, because things change. And to be honest, it's hard for me to take breaks when I have momentum. Mm -hmm. Like, here you go. And now I, I take a little bit of time to get these notes back. And then it, it's, it's like mm -hmm. my personal way of writing is like once I'm in, it's like yeah. you're, just, you're in. If you're charging through that break into act two and you're ready to get into act two and you have yeah. to stop and then somehow find that momentum again and re-inhabit those emotions and characters again to jump into act two, it's – it's tough. It's not an ideal situation to work with. And and as a writer, I think we all cringe when someone wants to to do things that way. But yeah. on the producer's side, I get why she feels like that's a fix for that totally. problem. Yeah, I get it too. So just something to think about when you're out there in the world and these things come up. Try to see it from someone else's point of view, but also protect yourself at the same time. It's tough. I mean, that that's why I wanted to tell these stories is I feel like they're all hurdles we all face and there are interesting ways to deal with it there's no really right answer i think but yeah. i think knowing that these problems exist for everyone is equally important yeah i think a big takeaway and i think this is like a key to so many things in the entertainment industry is just to always communicate and be diplomatic like i feel like if you kind of talk about your problems but say it in a very diplomatic way hmm. you know you can you can get what you need to get it's great relationship advice, too. Yeah. Uh, next episode, we should talk about relationship advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one to give that out. Yeah, we're absolutely perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that's that's what I got going on this week. And I just found those stories really interesting. So this is our first fireside chat. Oh, man, this was amazing. Well, I'm this glad awesome. you enjoyed it. Next I'm time, bring me in... some stories. Yeah, now that I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to a couple of people and hear their stories. I love it. All right, I'm gonna take us out with the quote of the day: "Never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat." F. Scott Fitzgerald. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff, and you can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. You can follow me on Instagram at Josh Hallman or Joshua Hallman at Twitter. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. <laughs>